This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Yes? Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome THM cover to cover for Saturday, October 24th. Kitties, my name's Matt Bob. I'm wearing a hat because it's cold. It's cold out there. It is cold out there. Uh, I had to go out this morning and take my dog to the groomer, and I was not prepared for frost. It's cold. You know what you can't do? Scrape your windows with one arm. <laughs> Fair enough. I am the Internet's Joe Patrick. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 1030 Central, Matt and I go live on the Facebook page to rep about this week's nerd news. And then we open the phone lines at 11 for you nerds to play along. You can call us at 402-819-4894. You can click our Facebook Call Now button, or you can watch us live on Facebook and chat with us in the Facebook Live chat. If you can't call in live, that's fine too. You can always leave us a message at the phone number, or you can send an MP3 to nerd at gmail.com. But before we open the phone lines to you kitties, we'd like to give you something to talk about. So Joe Patrick, let's set up this week's Nerd News. Nerd News. All right. Well, like nerd editorials, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, kind of. We're not really yeah. reporting anything. Nah, we're, we're going to bitch about stuff. Get ready for the return of the deepest V-neck in comics. Danny Rand returns this January in a new limited series titled Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon. This news came from uh, Nerdist, the bastion of journalism. Sure, Nerdist. your source com. for comic book journalism. Yeah. Uh, here's a little description from Marvel. Someone is killing the ancient dragons that power the heavenly cities and only Iron Fist and the deadly weapons can stop them. Dot, dot, dot. If they can discover who they are in time, zombie armies, mystical portals, dragon hearts, some of the Marvel Universe's deadliest fighters all converge in one action packed extravaganza. Oh. And the fate of all worlds it's extra- hangs in the balance. It's extravagant, even. Extravaganzas and V necks. Okay. Everything I love in a Iron Fist. We love Iron Fist. Iron Fist is a great character. We didn't love the Netflix series, but that's not Iron Fist's fault. There's been all yeah, kinds no, of great no, Iron no. Fist out there. So I was excited to see, hey, look, Iron Fist is coming back. And then I found out Larry Hama's going to write this. Is that a weird Yeah, choice? weird, right? It's, it's, is that a weird? I mean, like, I get it. We should go on to say beloved G.I. Joe comic writer and chief creator of the G.I. Joe mythos. Larry Hama is going to write little known fact. Hama's first work was at Marvel drawing Iron Fist and the pages of Marvel premiere number 16. This is back in 74. He is an old bro where he also co-created Colleen Wing, Ward Meacham, and even the dragon Shaolu, the undying, the dragon Danny Rand beats up to get his Iron Fist powers. Now, yeah, that's right. I love Larry Hama. Larry Hama is a very special place in my heart for his work on G.I. Joe, his work on Wolverine. Yep. yep. His more recent work on, uh, say, I Wolverine. The uh, <laughs> Iron oh, Man did he write that? event. Yes, he did. He also did created that. that character. <laughs> it wasn't as good. And uh, it's a little dated. And I look, I'm glad Larry's working. And I'm glad he's getting paid. But it's not really the name I was hoping to bring Iron Fist back. You know, there's so it's, many other people. There's so yeah. many other people that could do this. 
I I don't want to take anything away from Larry Hama. He is he has accomplished much in the comic industry. Of course, he is beloved, uh, and he's got a great reputation for being a a, a stand up dude. Um, I do not get excited about new Larry Hama projects. No, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I love the guy. Uh, David Wachter is going to be on pencils. He's great. He came from IDW's TMNT. Fantastic yeah. work there. If you want to read some really good Iron Fist stuff, you can find all our required reading notes as well in the show notes here. But go check out Iron Fist, The Immortal Iron Fist by Ed Brubaker, Volume 1. It collects one through six of probably the best Iron Fist. Yeah, I mean, not probably. The best Iron Fist run out there, without a doubt. I'd have to say, yeah. yeah I'd I have mean, to say it's probably the best Iron Fist comics ever made. And if you want to see Hammer's work on Iron Fist, there is an Iron Fist epic collection. Now, that's when Chris Claremont was writing Iron Fist, but Hammer was actually drawing it. People forget this dude was an artist, too. Yeah, it's true. Heart of the Dragon number one is going to hit shelves in January 2021. We'll review it. We'll see. We love us some Iron Fist. I hope it's good. This just seems odd. <laughs> I mean, it... Again, I, I hate to I hate to beat up the dude, and that's not my intention. It just seemed so weird. Yeah, uh, that you know, Marvel's making this big um, Stormbreakers come meet the hot new shits on the block, and then it's like Iron Fist is back. Guess who's not drawing it? None of the Stormbreakers. Yeah. Also, Larry Hama's writing it. <laughs> it yeah, it feels like. It, I mean, I hate to say it, but it just makes it feel like. It's not going to be very important. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it, it, you know? it seems like, yeah, it, it seems like something that just isn't going to have much. Of yeah. Impact. Which it's sad, but unfortunately we know how this business runs. So speaking of comic business. Yeah. Let's get to the real interesting story of the week. The real like hot headline. Oh yeah. If you like inside baseball, you're going to love this next story. DC fired. One of their new distributors this week, DC and UCS distributors are ending their direct market partnership as of January 1, 2021, as announced in letters to the comic book retailers in from DC and UCS, respectively. They were super sweet about it. Of course, it was very corporate. They're like, we're so excited to help DC through this new uncharted territory of the direct market and yada, yada, yada. But I mean, essentially, there's been all kinds of problems with DC's distribution. Big shock there. Who would have thought yeah. that splitting this between two comic book mail-in services that are in direct, you know, con in direct conflict with the stores they're supposed to be selling to because they sell at a deep discount, who could have thought that they would maybe screw up a little bit or put this on the back burner? <laughs> uh, yeah, and I felt like, I, don't, I mean, I don't know, I don't remember who gets what books from who but like i i've heard of all sorts of like shipping problems yeah. it's not just the conflict or the no 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 it's like way more than that the east coast yeah, was it's, getting it's everything from a, lunar a they, so they had two ucs and lunar and the east coast was getting everything from lunar which is basically midtown comics and then the left coast was getting ucs now it's all going to be lunar apparently they're taking over the whole world so they have given the keys to the dc universe to Midtown Comics, a deep discount retailer. Well, I mean, they already had it. So, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? But I mean, now they have the um, whole U.S. UCS is fired. So, so yeah, uh, and there's this, um, there's this little kind of a lighthearted twist at the uh, at the end of the story. That's basically like, 
maybe this is going to be a preamble to them reconciling with Diamond. Yeah, I have a feeling yeah. it can't be that far off because even though like they still have good market share and they're doing fine, their books are not showing up on time. There's a lot of problems, a lot of problems here. And it's not just the shops arguing that now you're giving business to a deep discounter. It goes beyond that. One of the other things they're doing is saying that the switch to Lunar, which carries with it some changes that could potentially affect comic book specialty shops. Now, this is going to sound like it's not much money, but if you think about it, it's not mm -hmm. real cool. As of the final cutoff date of December 6, 2020, the publisher is now going to require that orders placed through Lunar total a minimum of $125 weekly based on retail sales value cover price, which would be $500 monthly or something like that. But the point being, that doesn't sound like a lot. Ordering 125 bucks worth of DC Comics, keep in mind, they're discounted, so it's more than you think, but not all comic shops are just comic shops. And not all people with these accounts are comic shops. Exactly. Some of them are gaming stores right. that might carry like, like Warhammer just came out, right? You know? Sure, sure. They might, they might be stocking that or they might be ordering books uh, like the Warhammer novels by right. Dan Abnett. I mean, there's shops that are primarily, like you said, gaming shops or back issue shops, and they just carry a few new things for customers that want them or like that. This it could definitely draw a line in the sand where you have, maybe it's not a ton, but you have more shops going, fine, fuck it. I'm not ordering DC comics done. Yeah. I don't know. It's, <sighs> I mean, they don't have to order these this minimum is not like they don't have to order dc comics it just happens to be that this was one of dc's distributors so oh wait no it says no, the publisher. this is dc this is dc's oh, i mandate. thought this was lunar's minimum no it no. is it is dc's minimum and lunar is only carrying dc they're only distributing dc to yeah. comic shops they're selling everything else to people on the internet but <laughs> yeah this is only yeah, dc that's it's it's not going to be great for everybody um and it's there's the the typical dcbs we, we remain committed to the comic shops as the cornerstone of our industry they just keep shooting themselves in the foot wonk, and pissing wonk. people yeah. off i don't get it and, and like we're at a point now where is it like we can't go back to diamond it'll look too bad or whatever we'll look like we were idiots who cares at this point go back they have the distribution in place. Everything yeah. was working fine. It's not like you were making more money this way. Now you're going to have one company on the East Coast doing the entire United States, as opposed to Diamond, who has warehouses in different places that can get stuff there faster. So I can't see this being a better or quicker, more delivery device here. They're, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And if I'm a retailer, I'm even more pissed at DC now. Uh, but I mean, I will say this. Um, well, I guess, I guess if you're, you know, if you're on the West coast or the Midwest, you're, you were ordering from the other one anyway. Um, but like having it all in one place does seem to make more sense than having it split. But you know, why do you keep upsetting the apple cart? Just knock it off. Right. And just having it all in one place down. or one company. Sure. And if they, like I said, if they had distribution, you know, warehouses, all over the United States, that'd be one thing, or even four. So you've got different corridors, like just like Diamond does. They don't have that. So everything is going to be coming out of their one distribution center and going to every comic book store in the United States. Nightmare. 
I, I just, mm-hmm. this is a nightmare. It's a matter of time before they go back to Diamond. It's stupid that they ever left. I don't know what the hell DC is doing, but they sure like to piss their retailers off. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, and, and it's like, they still ship through Diamond just in the UK. Yeah. So it's like, well, we're breaking up, but only from just only right. America. I'm keeping my Canadian girlfriend. And let's say you want to do this. I mean, wouldn't a better experiment be to say, I don't know, do it in the UK first, a smaller market and see how it goes. And then if it works there, go, oh, now we'll take over America. You don't go the opposite way. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> In a move sure to be heralded as the end of the direct market as we know it, Marvel has announced that it will be having halving. Halving. Hal- halving. Cutting the time. it in halv. <laughs> it's cutting the time digital fans have to wait in half for new titles on their digital Marvel Unlimited service from six months to just three months effective immediately. So that means that comics that hit the stands in July are live on Marvel Unlimited right now. Get your empires, your, uh, uh, what else went on? The Marvel? Age of Conchu thing at uh, Avengers. Your, uh, just Iron Man up. 2020. Uh, you, you jump on your Iron Man 2020 event. Get all your issues <laughs> of I Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do we need to read this quote? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's bad. I just, they like, no, I, I don't think we really need to. I th- the idea here is basically DC just took all the video content off of the DC universe app. And they said, instead of having to wait a year for comics, you're only gonna have to wait six months. So Marvel one month later went, oh yeah, well you only have to wait three months for Marvel comics now. Yeah. So yeah, it's right. become an arms race at this point. Which yeah, is exactly, exactly. A little scary because, look, I am of the mindset that releasing new comics digitally day and day is not going to harm the direct market as much as a lot of people think it will. Because people that are buying digital comics aren't buying physical comics and vice versa. That seems- See, that's not true. Some people buy both. Some I'm not saying some people don't like, buy not both. everybody is not everybody has this collector mindset. Right. Uh, that's like, what I'm pe- saying. Some people get comics from shops and they supplement with stuff from Comixology. Sure, and I get that. And I have heard like firsthand I have heard people say because of this news, well now I don't have to buy floppies anymore. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that people aren't going to say that. I just don't think it's going to hurt as bad as everyone thinks it will, and it's coming. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Like as the market share for floppy shrinks and we make it harder and harder to say, I don't know, ship comics to uh, the market. (laughs) They are gently squeezing everyone into going digital because that is the future. And the future will also probably still have big, sexy trap, you know, trade paperbacks, hardcovers, graphic novels, collector's editions, stuff like that. And perhaps floppies become more in that department as well, where we say like, we're going to print them afterwards based on the success and whatnot for people that want them, which is a shame. But 20 years after that, they'll all be collector's items again. (laughs) You know, (laughs) right now, new comics, there's still like, if you go on eBay, there's still people like, well, it's the first period's punchline, 75 bucks. And some jerk will pay for it. But for the most part, that's it. When it comes to new comics, it's speculative. That market is bigger than you think. That secondary market, that speculator market is bigger than you think. I'm not saying it's not. 
I'm just saying, um, like, does it actually hold value? Because, like, three months later, when Punchline isn't as hot anymore, that same comic is selling for 10 bucks or five bucks. Doesn't matter. Who cares? That's not what that it's not what it's about. It's about the immediacy of, of getting the thing. And I get that. I totally get that. But when you also look at older comic books that have value, I feel like there are more new comics now that are coming out that aren't going to maintain that value. But if they became scarcer, they may. Now, that's bad for comic shops, of course. Yes. <laughs> so I just don't think this is the death of the market that a lot of people are saying. And well, I haven't heard anybody say that it's the death of the market, but um, I do. I am also not going to quickly discount it because I do know that there are plenty of people in an already small audience that are just looking for an excuse to stop buying physical comics. Yeah. And the harder the like, I get it. It's the 21st century. It's 2020. You know, it'll be 2020 forever at this point. Um, but I, I think everything that these publishers do to make it easier for people to pull that trigger is, it kind of sucks, Yeah, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it, it can have an impact. It will probably have an impact. I'm not saying it's going to kill comics, but I'm saying, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Like I, I don't collect physical. Com- <laughs> I don't collect it. physical comics. You and either. I are, you um, and I are part of the problem. I mean, I admit like I still buy, I buy big graphic novels. I buy trade paperbacks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I want something, I'm going to get something from my bookshelf. I love but, that stuff, but no, I don't um, buy floppies anymore. And I got rid of the majority of my floppies. I marched them all down to legend comics and said, you can have them because they were just taking up space. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I mean, I love them and it hurt me to do that, but I don't know. I, I feel like that collector mentality that you're talking about, it may not be, it's not that it may not be. I think it's just changing. The way we think about collecting is changing. Well, the collector mentality, I think we're talking about two different things. You know, we're talking about the, the, the lifelong collectors like you and I were. Right. That aren't necessarily like out for variants, you know, or whatever. Right. Um, or they got old and died. But then there are the other types of collectors that are all about like the chase, like getting the hot thing, flipping it. Sure. Like Aaron Myers supplements his income doing it. I know. It's bizarre. Uh, I don't even know how he does it. It's crazy. He's good at it. And he finds these lunatics that will pay ridiculous money for the dumbest shit. And then he calls them out on Twitter. (laughs) I love it. Um, (laughs) Like, look what some moron paid for this. (laughs) My favorite thing that he does is that uh, every time he finds a, a, a cyber frog, number one, one uh he'll put it up on ebay and inevitably ethan van skyver buys it <laughs> uh and then aaron donates that money to the trevor project <laughs> that's great <laughs> uh because ethan van skyver is a scumbag um i think this is good news though i i mean honestly i think putting digital comics in people's hands while it is scary for the floppy market keeps creators working keeps the characters alive keeps the business rolling. It sucks for the direct market that we love. Yes. But without creators working and doing the job, we don't have comics either. And if we can't pay them, then it goes away and it becomes the stuff of IP only. They become video games, cartoons, TV only. And I mean, I love that, but that's not all I want. I want to read my comics too. So yeah, I mean, I just don't know. I don't know how to. Con- I don't know how you're connecting the increase of digital comics to 
more people getting paid to make comics. That doesn't really make any sense to me. What I'm saying is if you get this stuff out earlier and make it more appealing, possibly more people start reading it digitally. And that see, leads to more see, people reading no, comics. That's, that's, a, that's an optimistic thing that normally I would say. And so I'm kind of surprised <laughs> hearing it from you because my first feeling is not, oh, this is definitely going to get more new people into comics. My feeling is, oh, this is definitely going to give people that already read comics an excuse to just go digital only. That is the other side, without a doubt. And And we're not even talking like spending cover price weekly on comiXology or marvel.com or wherever this is paying a monthly fee so they're getting these comics right at a huge discount so that's yeah. not benefiting anybody but marvel oh yeah no i mean and i'm the same goes on comiXology it wouldn't surprise me if the bulk of what they sell are deeply discounted bundles of stuff because that just makes sense I mean, not a lot of people are probably going out there and paying full price and cover price for this stuff because you just wait a little bit and they're going to mark it way down. Fuck it. (laughs) And I get that, you know, there's a reason why humble bundles exist. So it's true. It's true. Enough of this. Let's get into it. Let's get into the question of the week and let's get these phone lines open and let's talk to these people. We've got uh, one such digital reader who gave up all his floppies just waiting in line to get in here and tell us why he's not killing comics. So. <laughs> well, he's our resident digital expert, so I yeah. don't really. His opinion can't be trusted. His opinion is our opinion. It's we true. give it to it's him. It's true. All right. This week's question was submitted by Brian Domingos via the forums. 80 plus years of comics have produced thousands of series that didn't live up to their potential. Which concept was produced, printed, and failed that you think needs a reboot or deserves a second chance? Uh, so we're not talking necessarily about bad concepts though that can be your answer if sure. you have one sure uh something that sounded good on paper but just ended up being a real train wreck um this could also be something that you know you really loved that just didn't get the support it needed and it died it was too beautiful for this world as right. matt said last week it died died an early death i would also argue it could be something that's just old and it it went away a while ago and you think it needs another chance it could be modernized and brought back you know great idea i missed that please there you have it. Okay, let's get into it. We've got uh, Mr. Jeffrey Ketchum first in line with his hand up. Real quick, before we do that, let's touch on what these guys are saying in the chat. Todd Turner, for example, was talking about he's not digital. He's a full-on floppy guy. His comic book store is a 10 by 20 tiny little place. So that is a type of shop that could be in trouble by this DC saying you got to order X. That's absolutely that type of shot. And that's probably the only place close to Todd. That's scary. Mm. Yeah. You know, uh, Sarah Lorsing Tverdick, who joins us every week. She's a wonderful woman and we love her to death. She uh, <laughs> bought the newest issue of Strange Adventures, the, the, uh, pardon me, Tom King story, because she's digging it. But like a lot of people, she also reads stuff digitally to test the water, which I get that too. This shit's expensive, man. And there's all kinds of other stuff we got to spend money on. They've got kids. I get that. It's true. You know, it's true. All right, Jeffrey, I'm asking to unmute you. Talk to us. What's up, gentlemen? Good morning, sir. How are we? Good today? morning. Good. So I woke up and suddenly it was June. It had been March. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. I had three months. What the hell? So, okay, yeah, digital guy, talk to me about this. You've been reading stuff six months in the past. How do you feel? Yeah. Now you can read three months in the past. Is that better? Is it not enough? Do you want more? Is this, is this everything you love and need? You know, I think... 
for me, it's just more good. I mean, it's just more, more awesomeness. I mean, uh, I do like the idea that to a certain degree, I won't necessarily be, you know, there's less lag time for me for like the hot events to be spoiled or to be, you know, part of the conversation. Sure. Sure. That's always been the hardest thing for me with the, with the way the digital setup with the lake house has been. Uh, but I hadn't, I hadn't really I thought of it good. like that where it's like one of the things that we do, Joe and I follow the news so we can talk about stuff. So shit is constantly spoiled online. And that is right. a day after it comes out, let alone yeah. six goddamn months after it comes out. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, but I mean, then again, when you're a ghost, it's not that big of a deal, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And when you're a ghost, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I will always say, and, and I'll keep beating this drum that for me, especially with the subscription services like Marvel Unlimited, Comixology Unlimited, things like that, they put me in a position to read books that I would normally never read. Fair enough. You know, back when I was buying comics at the shop, you know, even in my heyday, I was X-Men, Hellboy, maybe some Vertigo stuff, the end. Right. Without a, and, I mean, all those guys that used to come into the shop that Joe and I worked at, same way. This guy's a Captain America guy. That's all he does. This yep. guy's a, a Superman guy. That's all he does. And we would be like, hey, you're a Superman guy. You should check out Irredeemable or maybe check mm-hmm. out, you know, like another super type character. And it was really hard to put books in those people's hands. Right. And there's you nothing to lose on the subscription, you yeah. know? So I just, I mean, a perfect, I just read, binged a series that I think is another perfect example of a lake house series, which is, uh, uh, agents of Wakanda. Right. Mm-hmm. I loved that book. It was I good. never would have picked it up, but it was fun as hell. Yeah. It was, I, I love gorilla man. So I do too. <laughs> I completely love gorilla man. <laughs> But I mean, that, that series was just a ton of fun and it had, and I think I loved it because of its low stakes. I mean, it had almost no stakes. <laughs> yeah. It, like it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I mean, technically it was a spinoff of Avengers, but it didn't really have anything to do with the Avengers or it didn't really matter in the scheme of things. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I like the, my favorite thing about the agents of Wakanda, um, is that sometimes you see them hanging out in the in Avengers Mountain, you know? So sometimes yeah. they're uh, sometimes the Avengers are having a meeting or whatever, or they're about to fly off on the Quinjet and Kazar's bouncing around yeah. <laughs> doing something. Right. Yeah, they're um, essentially the, the the Avengers B team. I mean, yeah, 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 like support staff kind of. Like when uh, Fin Fang Foom split into three and attacked Avengers Mountain, and the Avengers were gone. And all you had was Gorilla Man, Kazar, and Brew. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun you know, that, idea. That, that's fun stuff. But you're right. I, I totally like. I totally agree. Back to back to your point is that uh, these services are great opportunities to try to try things that you normally would have passed. Yeah, on. because that's a yeah. book that probably someone who is a Black Panther reader and has that on their profile, they're probably going to pass that up. I mean, and they shouldn't he's in almost because he's in every issue. It's still, I mean, I, and I agree and they shouldn't, but if you're making a decision and you know what you like and you're doing that and you've been burned too many times by too many spinoff series elsewhere that are complete garbage, which Marvel does 
all the time. Oh yeah. It's really easy and you to have go X amount of money per, you know, trip to the store. Right. To get books. And if you're gonna so to take a chance on agents of what kind of you gotta drop something else. Yeah. And that's always the hard thing. That's the thing that I think the subscription services give you is you don't have to drop anything. Yeah. That is a huge win there. And you know, it's um, also way easier for them to be like, hey, if you like that, you might like this, and it costs you nothing. Right. You're, you know, and as far as <laughs> yeah. supporting the shops and stuff like that, I've I've said repeatedly how I manage that, you know, with all the digital that I read, series that I really like that I think are awesome, I go get the trade from Legend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's and they've got a trade, I've got a trade pull file for things like black magic, excellence the wild storm when it was coming out, but <laughs> yeah, you know, th- those types of things and, and those types of trades and those types of books uh, kind of lead into my answer of the week, which is um, I, a series that I think needed more love. And this isn't Lake house. This is, this is wild storm right after DC bought it. But uh, do you guys remember mysterious, the unfathomable? Yeah. Yes. It kicked ass. Mysterious I, unfathomable was I, awesome. It needed it needed a volume two really bad. <laughs> yeah, Tom Fowler was the artist. On yeah, that? Tom yes. Fowler and Jeff Parker. Mm-hmm. I am just adding that to the notes so you guys can check this. <laughs> I mean, later. and speaking of Jeff Parker, I mean because Jeff Parker famously did that uh, really great uh, Agents of Atlas series at Marvel. Yeah, yeah, that first one, Jeff and Parker's, that's what Agents of Wakanda really reminds me of. Jeff Parker is so good, and I feel like he's one of those guys that just doesn't get enough work. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, know he, what he's up to these days. I think he's doing some yeah. boom work these days what occasionally. What does he write? He was doing some stuff at Dynamite here and there too. Like he worked on that Flash Gordon property. Oh yeah, he did had, a lot of the King Syndicate stuff. Didn't which he? was great. Oh, that's it right. It was yeah. so good and nobody read it. <laughs> which, like, I don't know that you can market Flash Gordon anymore. I think it's just sort of like a wacky idea for older guys like us who are like, yeah, I love that movie. And then younger kids are like, I have no idea why old guys like this bullshit. <laughs> you know <laughs> Starlight was the best Flash Gordon comic we've had in a long time. Starlight was great. Yeah. Uh, yes. Without a doubt. Uh, he writes, uh, he writes James Bond or he oh, was writing okay. James Bond. Okay. Oh, uh, as well. Okay. Um, he took over the James Bond stuff after Warren Ellis left, right? I, Warren Ellis wasn't the writer of James Bond. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Was he? Yes. 007 Varger and, uh, he did the first two volumes of the reboot. Yeah. Oh, well, I did not know that. And they were really good. They were great. I mean, I know um, we're not talking about him anymore, but yeah, yeah. There's this well, that was before writing. that was before he died, and we and, and left this <laughs> left this planet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he write uh, he was writing uh, James Bond orange origin James Bond origin. Okay, which was really good. We oh, reviewed okay. it and um, gave it a very good review. His tw- his Twitter. Um, his profile line on his Twitter is hilarious. I'll walk right into your house and turn off motion smoothing. I don't give a fuck. But yeah, Jeff Parker. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Jeff Parker is a writer. I love, I, and I, yeah. uh, I loved the, his, um, his Marvel work, uh, specifically agents of Atlas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, since he's been doing this dynamite stuff, I just, I haven't read any of his work in a long time. Yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, the agents of Atlas stuff, I mean, if to be more Lake house specific for the answer of the week, I mean, there are some of these great miniseries back in the day, like the agents of Atlas one, uh, captain Britain and the MI 13. Yeah. 
I mean, that's one I'd love to see come back in some way, but I mean, they've, that continuity is blown out of the water because of, uh, yeah. Hickman. Well, not just that yeah. agents of Atlas. I mean, got, I love that book and I, that would be a strong answer for a property to bring back. Cause it was so friggin' yeah. cool, but now it's all kind of been swallowed by that. what do they call it? Tsunami, which was sort of like the, the Asian heroes or whatever. Oh, they did. Right, 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 right. I don't know. Yeah. Tsunami was something else. I don't, Is that I something don't else? Think, yeah. I don't I, know if it had a name, uh, but, uh, well, they did an agents of Atlas series. Uh, yeah. Fairly recently with Jimmy Woo, and it was Jimmy Woo and Shang-Chi and Silk yeah. and Amadeus Cho and and then some All of the, the new the new characters that characters. came from the video game, yeah. Right. Yeah. But Amade- yeah, so, so Jimmy Woo left and, and Amadeus Cho Arrow started and running Dave. Atlas. And that was sort of like, now we got a young, fresh face on Atlas doing all this stuff in the Pacific, I don't know, Asian <laughs> theater. Yeah, it was the Pan-Pacific, <laughs> yeah. something like that, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it worked out well. I think Marvel keeps going and like, we're going to sell comics to China. You know how many kids are there? They're all going to buy them. And then they don't. So. Well, actually, it was, <laughs> actually, I did hear it did pretty well digitally for Korean and the Korean market. Really? Fair enough. Yeah. Cause that, those are, those are the kids. Those are the people that all play the games. Yeah. Yeah. Like you future know, fighter, whatever it's called. Future yeah, fighter. Future Strike Fight Force. And, yeah. And yeah. Cause Luna snow was one of the characters in that book. Um, yeah, there's like a there's a white fox and a white fox, Luna Snow, Arrow, Wave, Arrow, yeah, yeah. Arrow, um, Swordmaster, Swordmaster, yeah, they're cool characters. I mean, I I don't understand Luna Snow's powers. Yeah, she has like white ice and black ice, and I yeah. They were only created for the game for future for fight, the future right? fight game, yeah. Which is and, huge. Then they, and then they were then they they've all had books. Okay, and Future Fight's like an online card game type thing, right? No, no. Future Fight is a full-on side-scrolling action RPG. Okay, like Ultimate Alliance, kind of. Yeah, kind of like Ultimate Alliance, but scaled back. But um, really, really, and it's mobile. So it's really, really uh, centered to the mobile market. And, I mean, people drop Stupid money on that game. Yeah, I mean it's the it's the pay pay to pl- pay for play. Right in 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 app charges out the premium. Yeah. Freemium. Yeah, freemium. Is yeah. yeah. you can download it for free, but you know, three hundred dollars later, and you finally got the superior spider costume. Yeah, remember when you used <laughs> to have to practice to do that stuff and actually get good at the game, and now you can just pay to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and you it's can like practice the rich all you brats want. One. They you don't. <laughs> and if you don't pay, you're still gonna get. Yeah, you're still gonna get pwned. Sure. Oh, but well, if I'm you glad, wait fifty six hours, ex- you'll power I'm glad up. That, uh, I'm glad that Jeff explained it because I thought I, I I was sitting here thinking that it was like Marvel branded Kino, online Kino. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> you yeah. know, you like you go into a smoky room, right, with your phone, and you pick like B seventeen, and then like Arrow like, comes um, out and uses her power and makes a B seventeen appear, and you're like. Fuck yeah, future fight. Yeah. There <laughs> is another. There is another Marvel. Uh, Marvel Strike Team. Uh, strike it, Team. Yes, is, is basically like that. Fun. <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. It's it's Sounds it's like a match neat. four card game. Oh, <laughs> uh, back to what you were saying about Wildstorm, JD. In about three months here, you're gonna be freaked the fuck out by a Batman issue. So get ready for that, brother. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> I could get that today because I'm not in. 
yeah, DC's not in the lake house. <laughs> oh, that's right. I suppose that's true. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're going to talk about it with our next guest here, but Jeff is always very nice to talk to you. We have an angry old Wildstorm fan that's waiting to get in here. <laughs> And talk about I, certain developments in the DC universe. I can't place. wait. Yeah, I can't wait to hear Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you See have you a buddy. good one, man. Bye. Now, Brian, I don't want you to come in too hot. I want you to just take a breath. And let's center talk, yourself. Yeah. And let's talk yeah. about Wildstorm, shall we? How do you feel? In the pages of Batman, spoiler alert, we reviewed it this week. In the pages of Batman 101, Grifter is back. And that's not all. <laughs> Batman makes a reference to Grifter's boss and the company that he ran, meaning the Wildcats are back in the DC universe. How do we feel? Good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. You're into it? Why not? I don't know. What's the, the alternative is that we don't ever see those characters again. So I suppose I'll take it, you know, I don't know. Are you raking like, leaves I, while you're talking to us? Yeah, I know I was raking. Um, I'll stop. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you should see my yard. It's a disaster. Um, I'll walk away. Um, yeah, I don't. Um, I... Well, walk back. Walk back. We like, lost you. I don't know. There you are. Sorry. They're just they're They're there. And um, let's take it. I don't know. I, I have no negative feeling about it. Um, I wish that the new 52 books had been better. Yeah. Um, they weren't. Um, yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's for me like it's no different than like Static Shock being on the Teen Titans. Like they're separate, but but I mean like why Static not Okay, fair enough. Static Shock was kind of always DC and then like brought into more mainstream DC. I don't know. I am of the mindset. I'm with you. I read it and really liked it. I gave it a great review. I loved watching Batman and Grifter fight. It was fun. Why Grifter is there as a bodyguard, I don't exactly know. But I agree. It's if, a gun for hire. If we can use them in a way that they are recognizable, you know, like I'm glad he didn't show up wearing like the new 52 grifter armor that they had him in for a right. while and shit. He looked like Cole cash from the old book. He was wearing the, the mask. He had the jacket on. He just like a dude with some guns and he was badass. Great. They Don't grifter in armor. Oh Yeah. Full, he had like shoulder pads and knee pads and shit. It, they they got the full Jim Lee treatment too. It was terrible. Remember Midnight got the spike on his chin and stuff. The, the, <laughs> well, that the, I remember. Grifter, the Grifter thing was pretty like stripped down at the beginning, but by because it, at some point they gave that and um, like Hawkman and Deathstroke to Rob Liefeld to yeah. like take over, yeah. and that's Ugh. when it got like exceptionally like awful Ugh. like really like i think i own the trades but like i'll never look at them because it's like i am a you know a, i am a just supporter like blanket supporter sure i'll take it but right um i am not looking for that anymore because from them um but i thought it was a it's a good introduction i think it should be a slow introduction um and i don't know i mean the idea that like why couldn't there be some business that ever, I mean, everyone knows about Wayne Corp right. or the Wayne foundation, but like there yeah. are in like LexCorp, those are like the two businesses in the DC universe. Sure. Like, sure. And like cord industries, like there's plenty of room for halo. Like there's, there's un, there's unlimited space for people. And totally. Um, if they ease it in with a, they've always been here kind of thing, 
That's I'm Rather okay with like, that. I don't need another you know, like, oh, there's a fart in the universe. We got to go check out the smell. Like, oh, it's not just a fart. It's a wild storm. Like, oh, my God, they all come pouring I, through. Like, no, I don't. I don't want t- 2021 <laughs> fart storm. I don't yeah, need that. I don't um, need that. <laughs> I just, um, yeah, I, I mean, I see it and I, I'm excited because I, I love those characters. Like I was yeah. 13, you know, 12, 13 when I was reading for the first time, like they are just, they are like in my comic reading DNA. So I right. will always be curious what they're up to. And like, I, I thought like the, the Ellis Wildstorm book was good. Like it was readable. It was well done, but like, I don't like the choice. Like, I don't like that. It's totally redone. I don't like that part of it. I don't like a lot of the, the decisions, like the plotting stuff. Like, okay, like I don't have a choice. So it's either take it for what it is or not read it. And of course I'm going to read it. So I'm going to get some enjoyment out of it. Like I thought it was well illustrated and some of the character interactions were interesting, but the overall, like, I don't know. He tried to, he tried to make it too different, different enough that it wasn't the same, like not a continuation, but still sort of familiar. And it was that, but it wasn't really what I was looking for. For sure, for sure. It was the the wild storminess of it uh <laughs> was uh questionable, you know. It, they they had the names, some of the designs looked familiar, but it was pretty much a clean slate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it felt it, it was felt cool. Like, it was very inventive and it was cool and I liked the idea, but it did feel like, all right, we've taken it away and we're doing something completely different with it now, as opposed to what we loved about it. And I'm with you. If we can gently fold it back in, they're just superheroes. There's nothing about these characters where they fundamentally can't exist in the DC universe or they'll be weird in the DC universe other than the fact that Majestic is basically Superman. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, but like we like think about the um, and Joe, you were talking about it, I think, last week or two weeks ago about the that super that multiverse team that's flying around on the carrier like and there's and that has like president superman on it like there are alternate supermans there's room for every superman version like there's just you know it's like it's almost like he's an icon like he's a he because he is and he's an archetype like why wouldn't every universe have one sure it makes perfect sense like you know like that's the it's just like it's sort of it's like the it kind of goes like it's like an uroboros it's like where does it start where does it end like this the strong, you know, like the square jawed hero who stands up for people and right. does what's right. Yeah. This is the, you know, he's that guy and it's going to appear everywhere. It's like Joseph Campbell kind of stuff. Like, so, you know, I don't have an issue with, oh, there's another Superman type. It's like, what about Captain Marvel? Like, yeah, yeah, right. He, yeah. You know, yeah. like it, there's no difference there's, other than magic and like he's an alien. Like, OK, it's like it's still a guy. It's still a, a you know, a brown haired white guy in a red suit with a cape. Sure. Like and we, still the and same guy, we so. could always retcon Monel and make him majestic, you know? <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't even get I, me started. I, they already retcon Monel. Let's get some. I know how many times is that poor guy? Uh, let's get some uh, some caribums on the uh, the Legion of Superheroes. That's what I want to say. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> Ooh, the, the, uh, hey, what if in the future they're like throw a Daemonite in there? We don't give a shit. They could. I mean, the, yeah, the Daemonites are so cool, and they're like the. I don't know. Like they're kind of like scrolls and dominators at the same time. Like that kind mm-hmm. of like, you See, know, I, they hide in plain sight kind of thing. But, I thought they were kind of like yeah. the um, brood and the dominators and the scrolls. Cause they kind of like, they looked sort of like the brood. They had like the alien head and everything, you know? And like, but, but they could talk. Didn't, 
didn't some of them look normal or did did they change shape and stuff? I don't yeah, really yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were shape changers. So, there were some of them were shape changers. Some of them um could if the, like if they looked human, they were inhabiting someone. Right. Like they they, oh, they I got you. A, a human. So that you know, or another maybe a car, you know, a carabum. Yeah. Um there was also the uh, there was Hellspawn as well, who was just the well, dude with a flaming head. <laughs> my favorite, my my favorite thing about Hellspawn is that he's an Akurian, which is the um, the the young blood uh, that like that green smoke headed guy from Youngblood. Oh, that's he's, right. He's a Daemonite in one of their bodies. Yeah, which I think is like so stupid but cool at the same time. They explained that, like, that later. He's not. He's I think not when they when they started flesh because when they started riding Wildcats, it was not well thought out at all it was just like hey we're a team of heroes that jim lee drew and we look fucking badass you know we fight aliens go and like all right we've done that for 10 issues and uh we need to flesh this out into some kind of story so the aliens uh they look just like you and me they could be anybody oh that's great we'll go with that <laughs> listen i i am i consider myself a wildstorm scholar and that is not accurate at all but uh, I, I, it's close it's, it's just it's funny it's like those you if you compare the because and i'm also like a an apologist and a super fan but like you look at wildcats number one compared to all the other first issues and it's like the art is better oh yeah the coloring is better oh yeah. like it just it looks like it looks like a professional book rather than like like savage dragon is really fun but it is like like a guy in his basement totally like it's awesome and like bombastic and full of like piss and vinegar and energy and like you could see every bit of it but it's like it doesn't it just doesn't look as as slick as the other one yeah even spawn go back and look at spawn number one it it looks like it looks like the old school like independent books of the day just printed on nicer paper it's not that sexy anymore it doesn't hold up as well the design of them when they were when they were first being published through Malibu uh, when, when Malibu was doing the, the printing and, and whatnot or whatever that deal was like the, the design of the books wasn't in the forefront of their minds, let's say. Right. <laughs> but Wildcats saw, does look very professional uh, and very slick. And I, I will agree. I think it's one of those only first wave Wildstorm books at the time we were just so excited to have these creators making comics. It didn't matter. They could have printed it on toilet paper and we would have been like, fuck, I'll give you 200 bucks for it. But it does hold up. And the other ones definitely look, they were artists that needed a little more help that they wanted to admit <laughs> at the time. <laughs> they thought we can do right. it all. Like, I'm, we'll I'm gonna, do we're it. all going to do this by ourselves. And right. It's like, eh, maybe you need, a, yeah, you need some help. Yeah. Um, but I'll save the rest of that for Wildstorm cast. But my, uh, my answer for the question of the week um, real quick is the, I, I was curious of what the, how the, how the first issue read of Mutant X, because the second like epic trade came out, which is like the second half of the, the series that came out like, I don't know, a month or two ago. Um, and so I was thinking like, what did that, like, I remember thinking it was a really cool idea of, of Alex Summers gets like shunted to another universe and yeah. he's there with all these like alternate, yeah. like almost like what if versions of his friends, you know, like all the, you know, he's with Madeline Pryor and like vampire storm and like the brute beast and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's a cool idea. And it is like, it's one of those things, like, I don't know if the editors were like, we've got this cool idea and we need someone to write it. And Howard Mackey was like, I'm going to do the bare minimum. 
I am going to come in there and do like the most mediocre dialogue you've ever seen. The most transparent okay. and pathetically simple interactions between characters. Okay. I'm going to overwrite the narration, Come and on. it's going to be awful. Let's and take it easy on Howard Mackey here. Like, that, like Howard, first of all, I think Howard Mackey was writing seven X books at the time, not the main ones. Like they they came to Howard Mackey and were like, "Okay, we got Superstar Uncanny writer, we got Superstar X Men writer, Superstar Wolverine." Like Howard Mackey, you get everything else. <laughs> Just so go. Uh, they. they- <laughs> They canceled. Uh, they canceled X Factor. Yeah, and, and replaced it with Mutant X. Um, so, like the ending, the ending of X Factor One Fifty sets up Mutant X. Right. Um, Mackie was writing X so Factor at that time too. Howard Mackie was writing X Factor. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, it, um, go ahead. I I really loved that book, uh, and I'm I have no doubt that it does not hold up. Oh because no. Yeah, like a Tom Rainey was on the art. It looked pretty, and then it like very quickly fell to to like lesser artists and fill in artists. And by the time it limped to its cancellation, it was almost unreadable. I have if, if you've got the you know like the Marvel Unlimited, like just go check it out. Like it, it's just it's one of those things. Like it seems like, and that's what made me think of the question. Like this should have been so good. Like it should have if it was someone more right. like right psychological someone more because he's like he's in he's in this world that's totally wrong and he knows that it's wrong and he's like i'm in the wrong place like he does not play it cool at all no he's, he's a like lunatic panicking out loud to <laughs> yeah. everyone all the time and they're like oh you must have hit your head and he's like you're not the storm i know i know a different one and they're like yeah that's me from before he's like this is so strange like it's as it i recall just, he had like a really he, sexy he leather jacket the point too. of it which is so weird and if, if someone had written it in a like a more because that's what you know it's always that thing like it, when someone wakes up on like you know on like a movie or tv they wake up and they they pretend they they know everyone in the room right you know like oh sure, of course yeah. i know you but yeah. they don't you know they're pretending he doesn't pretend at all he's just like this isn't my world i don't know you and like it does not make for a good comic and um they really drop the ball on it and they should reboot it and do it like like it never happened Oh, okay. He was one. Yeah. He had a sexy leather jacket at the time too. And like, he had weird blonde hair that flew out of the top of his weird head mask. <laughs> That's quite the, yeah. Design. Yeah. Quite the design. Outfits, let me tell you. <laughs> Woo. Marvel, Marvel has never really been kind to Alex Summers. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm going to, yeah. Up to like Hellions. Like they just shove him on that book. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know. He's like a jailer who's not in charge. Like, I, I got to share I can't this. get a fucking break good. ever. Look at this outfit. This is so friggin' nineties. Oh my God. Is that the one with the, the, like the orange gauntlets and the, the black and white suit? So this is, the no, one? this is the, this is his Peter David X factor outfit. Yeah. He's got like, he's got the weird high collar that buttons and goes directly into the mask thing. And then he's wearing like a Battlestar Galactica sort of leather jacket with the sleeves pulled up. Cause he's got to be cool, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and he's got like the tall boots with straps and the shit. Like, Oh man. Woo. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> it's I, bad. I, I love that era. I love, I love it all too. Of their costumes. I love it too. It's so cool. Like Larry Stroman into like, Oh yeah. You go from there to like young, hungry Joe Quesada. Like, awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Lots of Kirby dots and waves and awesome. Oh, but man. yeah, his mutant X outfit. He had those huge chunky, uh, he had those huge chunky glove things, right? Yes. 
I, I think that's what he had when he like, cause he like fell out of a plane or something just like he did when he was a kid. And he, and then he wakes up in the mutant next. Like that was the last issue of there's like a bomb that goes off and he's wearing that dumb suit. And then he wakes up and I don't know who any of you are. That's not my son. You're not my wife. It's like, come on, man. Like take another pass at this dialogue. You're not, this is not my beautiful house. (laughs) This is not a good comic. You, You need to do better than this. It's a new start. He needs to act a little cooler and he has no cool. Yeah, there's your mutant next, Alex. Which is yeah, yeah, a little more stripped down. He had the orange gauntlets on. He had the orange. Belt. I actually don't mind this costume. No, it was okay. it's way better than a lot of his costumes. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I. It's like I'm I'm the I'm the sort of fan. Uh, I I think that you you come down on it, either or fifty percent. There's no like middle ground on this. You either love Havoc's original costume with a gigantic tuning fork it's my favorite God, uh, or it. you hate it Ugh. uh and i love it uh and so when they tried to bring it back when they re uh when they uh um they launched uncanny avengers and john cassidy like they tried to put him in some version of that but they didn't commit so he just ended up looking like he had those straps yeah Ugh, pissed me right off yeah was just stupid. give me the he looked like he he looked like he took like um the like the what the guy from the inhumans like he took his suit and just like, like yeah yeah like dyed it black and was like i don't know i guess i'll wear this like it did not look it was not a good design yeah and it was it it did not it did not evoke that same like spookiness of like the the uh the neil adams like because he looked right. almost like he wasn't there right, right? like the, right. the blacks just it's almost like he's a black hole with the the white energy and it's a very yeah cool it look. was uh, it was all black oh yeah is right here this, this one it? with cyclops in it look at this fucking shit this one that i'm pointing at uh, no the one uh oh down there it to is the right. yeah this yeah. is terrible god this is terrible let me open this um again. and that's an awful cyclops costume too oh yes definitely oh I yeah hate that outfit. the x face god that was so stupid how does that work his eyes are in the black part. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the, I, I don't like, know. <laughs> his eyes, like, it's just like, guys, it's not good looking. Do a little, uh, like, yeah. And this is Chris Pacello well, drawing this, right? Uh, this is this is um, Adam Kubert, I believe. Is that? Oh no, yeah, you're that right. That's like, Kubert. That, that yeah. looks like Adam. Yeah, that looks like his his uh, yeah. little weird colossus head. Oh, that was a such a bad time for x oh here we go uh (laughs) second one from the bottom uh a second one from the right on the bottom is the one where he he was wearing at the end of x factor right with the um uh you can share your screen too you know oh but you you have it oh wait i'm pointing at my screen thinking it's your screen (laughs) (laughs) uh how do i share my screen just uh there's a little thing on the zoom that says share screen down at the bottom. Host disabled attendee screen sharing. Oh, so, yeah. Sorry. Thanks. I don't want these people uh, throwing uh, porn up there and stuff like that. So too bad. Man, he is a control freak. Smoking. <clears throat> Brian, I'm glad you're feeling better about this than I thought you would be. I, I, I oh, really I know. I know you get all, all heated. I could I could see your red face. I could see it in my head when you're like, oh, what is this? What, what are, what I are just get scared. I just get like, scared. That's just it. Cause I feel like every time you should like, have seen the late night texts, Brian. I mean, I, it was like, it was like talking to him off of a ledge from a thousand miles away. It's like, you're going to be fine. Just take a deep breath. It's just like every time DC was like, all right, you know what? We get it. We messed up. All right. We're going to do it the right way this time. 
Or are we? Ah! I'm like, no, God, come on. It's, it's ne- <laughs> like there has ever since the, the last time that I, I was truly happy with what they were putting out was the when they canceled um, like uh, Wildcast 3.0. Like that yeah. time period with that and like Sleeper, like they were doing that stuff right. And yeah. then those books got canned. And I mean, Sleeper ended on a natural conclusion, but they they just they they wrapped up and that was and then they did more after that and they were fine but it was always kind of like i don't know it's like second best like so when there's something new it's like sure i'll take it maybe it'll be good and when it's not or it's like mediocre it's like all right yeah. you know i don't know i feel like it's like a, a a long like cold marriage but like i'm here i'm around if you want to show me a little affection i'll take it I, i'm living my own life at the same time but, you know if every once in a while we get back together for a little sure, bit all sure right, I'll get, I'm, I'm not against it yeah you know, but whatever makes it work i'm just not going to take it personally when they screw it up because yeah. i know they probably will but but grifters in a bat that sounds great let's do it future yeah. slate a book with grifter on an s on the end multiple grifters let's do it and it's um followed by grifter, we grifter grifter red grifter blue followed by know. we are grifter which is going to be like you yeah, know a bunch yeah, of little kids grifter. that want to be grifters oh my God. <laughs> that, listen that is too good for me let's do it we are we are young grifters let's do it teen teen grifters i'll take them all brian it is good to talk to you man i'm gonna i'm gonna, young I'm young gonna, grifters in love that's right. <laughs> all right i'm again on board um i i've already pre-ordered it, it Fair great. Enough. <laughs> all right later guys good to talk Bye, to brian. you buddy Guys, I apologize, but I have to actually get out of here a little early today. Let's just go over some stuff in the chat real quick that we looked you at. You do? What's going on? I've just got some crap I got to get done. That's all. You just got to take a dump really bad? No, I already took care of that. But thank you for sharing. You, uh, look, I, Zach Howell, Hollowell and I, we pooped during THN time. That's, that's how it's done. That's great. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Sarah lorsing verdict also said, or answer to the question of the week, that is, there have been a lot of attempts, but few good. The Shadow Comics... Dark Horse had a fun black comedy, ultra violent run in the '90s, but I'd like to see someone with an updated take. The Shadow is another one of those like the old school Mike Kaluta Shadow is amazing, absolutely beautiful look at. Dark Horse tried uh, to reinvent that character several times. There was a uh, DC had the rights for a long time, yeah, uh, in the in the late '70s and through the '80s, and I remember there being a pretty intense. Uh, looking shadow comic uh bilson kevich did covers yeah um i'm trying to get the credits on that one uh but like the shadow is a character that i love in theory but i've very rarely uh read a shadow comic that made me go damn that was good <laughs> yeah like i appreciate the shadow um and that's about it like i can look at the pictures of my kaluta drew and go God damn, that is cool looking. But upon further mm-hmm. reading, eh, didn't really care. Garth Ennis had a shadow run for a while at Dynamite. Cy Spurrier worked on Shadow at Dynamite for a while or two. I would think Dynamite probably owns it now. They seem to buy up all that stuff after. Yeah, yeah. All those, all those, all those characters that ended up end up going getting close to public domain. Yeah, Dynamite's like I'll take it. Yeah, I did really love that. Um, Batman Shadow crossover series uh, that Riley Rossmo worked on. That was really I'm good. Trying to, uh, Scott Snyder. Was that Scott Snyder? That, you can't just search Scott Batman, Snyder so. and Steve Orlando. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, like that, that was a fun book. Yeah, that was really good. All right, let's check the voicemail here. 
Hey, Nance. This is uh, DJ Qual's best friend, Black Scorpion number three calling. <laughs> Hope you're all doing well. I haven't been calling in for a while, and uh, there, there's one question a week that I am shocked. I didn't hear an answer uh, um, uh, from, from Joe Patrick. Remember character redesigns? How do you not address Kid Flash and the greatest costume redesign ever? Because that was awesome when he stopped looking like just a little flash and then have the, the yellow based costume. God, it <laughs> yeah. was amazing. Uh, this week's question on me though is about, uh, trying again in round two. And I'll tell you what I would have liked to have seen was a, a really good version of Sword of the Atom. Uh, so I, I remember looking at the comics covers as a kid of Sword of the Atom and thinking, this is awesome. There's going to be some kind of like micro verse high fantasy thing. It looked cool. And it wasn't. It was the blandest four-issue story all taking place in somebody's yeah, backyard. It's, it's not it good. was bad. Um, but, you know, I think that's why I want to see is uh, uh, Swords and Sorcery in the Microverse. Um, it's fun. And I know we've had stories like that. I want the Sword of the Atom to be that story. I want the Atom Sword to have some kind of special meaning if it's in the bloody title. So, yep, that's <laughs> all. Hope you're all doing well. I'll talk to you soon. Right? I, yeah, I feel uh, like Sword of the Atom so, is one of those things that I look back on fondly, and we revisited it not too long ago. Yes, I reviewed the first issue yes. uh, the week we did Fantasy Comics. And it was garbage. Um, <laughs> like, it was, it yeah, it was garbage. Very, it was not very good. Um, back to his first point. Yes, I did not even consider the Kid Flash costume when Wally West was first introduced. Um, he literally just ran alongside Barry wearing a kid-sized version of the Flash outfit. So he just wore a red outfit? He just wore the... It was just the Flash outfit, yeah. Um, and then uh, not too long into it, he got the classic yellow and red okay. with his hair exposed um, I thought that he, was, he wore all the all up through the mid-80s. Yeah, I thought he was always yellow. No, no. I didn't he, realize. He, just, he, he was just... He looked like a little mini-me of the Flash. He's just like Flash and um, little Flash. But yeah... That's a that's a good that's a good pick. Good answer to that question. His costume rules too. That is a good costume. It is a good costume. Yeah, it is a really cool. I was looking for pictures. Yep, right. there so he what's is. your answer? Then? Little red flash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Okay, so my answer is it's it's a book that I loved as a kid, and I thought it didn't get enough play. And it's a Chuck Dixon book called Alien Legion. I simply adored that comic back in the day. It was like the one comic that got me to not read X-Men comics for a while. And it was just so fun. It was just hard, like military comics, it just war stories in space. And these guys were like Marines. They get dropped into firefights and stuff like that. They weren't diplomats. They were dropped into hell holes to take care of business, you know, and they had a cool ship. They were all cool, different aliens. Larry Stroman was the artist. Chuck Dixon wrote it. It was fan-fucking-tastic, and it was supposed to come back at Dark Horse for a little while. They did a couple, I want to say mini-series, probably 10 or 15 years ago, at a whole different imprint that didn't go anywhere, and then it just kind of died. It's the kind of comic that should be running. It doesn't have to be Chuck Dixon anymore, because that guy's an asshole, whatever. But, like, man, the idea is so simple and so great. And if we're going to write war comics itself 
put him in space in a cool spaceship with a bunch of aliens and stuff like that. <laughs> like, come on, yeah, yeah. this mean, writes itself, please. <laughs> it's a it's a super cool concept, God. and uh, you know, I I would I would love to have the Alien Legion back. Um, somebody in the chat, Todd, I think it was. Um, forgive me, Todd. The we, the video's gone, so I don't have it anymore. Um, he said he would love it if they redid Atari Force. Oh man, uh, Atari Force. <laughs> a lot of people love Atari Force. It's true. It yeah, is like, true. Uh, well, I mean, and the the greatest of all time, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez drew that thing, and it like I don't even <laughs> think there was a Atari Force game. No, there wasn't. They just came, Atari came to Marvel and said, we want a licensed comic book. And they were like, okay, what game do you want us to base it off? And they went, no, 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 no. We want like Atari to be the story. Like we want it. So it's like a universe of Atari. <laughs> and they went, okay. <laughs> Surf's up. Like, it's me, Captain Atari. Like, can't we just make a fucking pitfall like comic or something? Like, no, no, no. <laughs> Yars revenge. Yeah, no, 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 no. We want, we want to go way deeper than that. And yeah. to be fair, they made an incredible comic book that has nothing to do with the Atari console whatsoever that no. people still love to this day. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, for me, I, I had I I haven't had an, uh, a very easy time coming up with an answer for something that I thought was a a cool idea but was executed bad, um, but so I'm gonna just go back to the, the old dead horse I keep beating, uh, a, a book that I loved that I wish more people had read that I wish um had had a much longer and more successful run was DC's Hour Man, um that book limped its way to two years, 24 yeah. issues. Yeah. And it like, it was constantly on the verge of getting canned. And, um, it's such a wonderful story, uh, by Tom Payer and Rex Morales. And it, uh, it deserved way better than it got. Um, so I would love, but I mean, that was also when the DC universe was in a very specific time and place. So I don't think they could do I don't think they could do bring back that character like that. We don't even have that character in the in the DCU anymore. He's gone. Um, I feel like I saw him really? recently. Isn't he from a future timeline that's been written out of continuity altogether? No. Uh, uh I think he showed up. I want to say he showed up in that Justice League storyline um, where they finally brought back the JSA. Yeah, I love that book so much. I, I love it, and I wish that it had had uh, more success. Fair enough. Yeah, I was trying to think of, like, poorly executed stuff that I would like to see done better. And it, I don't know. One thing I always go to is, like, a S.H.I.E.L.D. comic at Marvel. I don't know why we can't have a good S.H.I.E.L.D. comic. I don't get it. Yeah. It, it should be so easy. There's these guys that are constantly, like, working behind the scenes when the superheroes are breaking stuff or setting stuff up for the superheroes or, or trying to stop gently stop a superhero from doing something. I mean, like it should write itself and it should just be Nick Fury barking out orders. It's true. Yeah. And, I totally agree. I, I, and I don't, I don't understand for, for such a long time there at Marvel, it seemed like they had such a hard on for dismantling shield or, or shield fucked up again or shield yeah, look what like, shields doing now. You know, <laughs> all shield I mean, did was crash helicarriers for a while there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and I, I, I get it. You know, they discovered all this bad stuff about shield and how it was connected to Hydra and blah, blah, blah. 
and they dismantled it. And then Norman Osborn had his way for a while. Why wasn't the first priority when Norman got ousted? Right. Put shield back together. We need rebuild shield from the ground up. Yeah. Dear Nick. Why? You exposed it. You figured out it was there. You're in charge. Now we're going to listen to you and we're sorry. Here's an unlimited budget. Go do shield. (laughs) And then they, they, you know, the, the stories were good in in their time, but they like Bendis did that thing where it's like, uh, secret warriors. Fury, a secret war. Oh, uh, which turned in, where, and then secret warriors came out of that secret warriors. Yeah. came later. Yeah. Um, secret warriors. I want to say that came out of uh secret invasion. They showed up at the end of secret invasion. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Like a Bendis did that book secret war where Nick Fury commits, uh, like international war crimes. Yeah. <laughs> like he invades Latveria without permission. And then, so he was a criminal and so, well, there's Nick Fury off the board for however many years. Yeah. You know, and we, Secret Warriors was great. That book is really fun. Mm-hmm. It, it went on long enough. It's like, bring Nick Fury back. Bring yeah. back S.H.I.E.L.D. There's no I reason why shield. we can't have a S.H.I.E.L.D. And we should. And now they're doing the sword thing. You should have a sword for space, S.H.I.E.L.D. for Earth. Come on, guys. This Just writes like itself. you have a space force and an air force and a navy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's set up a new question of the week for these guys. All right. Well, this week's spooky question was also submitted by Brian Domingos. Uh, He says, let's hear your Halloween antics. Nerdy costumes, preferably from comics, are required. Fair enough. I also want to tack something onto that because it was a question I wanted to use. Comic books that legit scared you. And I'm not just talking about like maybe I was a kid. Maybe maybe it was yesterday. But comic books that legit scared you. I want to talk about scary comics next week. And your stupid Halloween costumes. I was the Hulk yeah. for four years in a row as a child. <laughs> uh, so uh, when I post the question, you can post your picks in that thread, you know, and then we'll 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 throw them up on the screen. Totally, I love it. When we record. All right, we'll see you guys next week for Halloween Bash this Wednesday. We are back talking about new comics and no, no, no. Oh no, you're We're right. About- this, this, Cosmic Longbox. this Wednesday, the Cosmic Longbox returns as a part of our Halloween Spooktacular. We're talking about comics about demons or comics with demons in them or comics starring demons, whatever. And counting down our top five favorite comic book demons. It's going to be evil. And all of yours are all fake Satans. <laughs> Four of mine are fake Satans. And then wow. one is the son of a fake Satan. So <laughs> and it's not Damien Hellstrom either. So <laughs> I hear you. Oh, it's going to be great. Can't wait. We'll see you on Wednesday. And uh, that's it. Until then, my name's Matt Baum. My name's Joe Patrick. This is Two-Headed Nerd. Signing off. 